Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On this episode of the Seesaw Sessions. I asked my doctors just to treat me as if I was not a physician and explain it. I have had to give this diagnosis to other patients before. And now just hearing it for myself, it, it makes me understand how just scary and overpowering it could be. You're listening to The Seesaw Sessions with Brian Fink, an iHeartRadio original series. I obviously think it goes without being said that we can't celebrate our healthcare heroes enough right now. That's why it is an honor to spotlight some of our healthcare heroes here in the Seesaw Sessions. My name is Brian Fink, at Brian Fink on Twitter. I am Brian Fink on Instagram, of course, at Seesaw Sessions across all socials. Thank you so much for listening and following the Seesaw Sessions on iHeartRadio or subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. Our healthcare hero that we're going to spotlight on this episode is... Honestly, absolutely beyond a superhero right now. I mean, beyond a superhero right now. Not only is she on the front lines being an infectious disease doctor, but she is also fighting for her own life right now. Megan, thank you so much for being on the Seesaw Sessions. Good to be with you. So this just shows you how amazing of a doctor she is. When I was in the hospital from complications (laughs) with my surgery, she wasn't even my doctor But she came to check on me and talked me through what I was going through and sat there for a bit to explain everything. I know I said thank you before, but thank you again for that. You're welcome. How long have you been an infectious disease doctor? I'm going on five years now. All right. Before we get into your seesaw session, which is going to be incredible, let's do the three words. Every episode of the seesaw sessions, I have my guest give the three words that best describe them in their own mind so I can kind of see how they think of themselves. Megan, what three words best describe you? I would say I'm I'm stubborn. (laughs) Um, I'm a fighter. And I'm also big hearted. And all of those are going to lead into your incredible story coming up. But when you were growing up, did you always want to be a doctor? I was always interested in biology and science. And I actually went to nursing school first and practiced as a nurse for a couple of years before deciding that I wanted to go on to medical school to become a doctor. And yeah, I saw your post about how grateful you are uh, that you were a nurse prior to becoming a doctor because you said that it made you a better doctor. What kind of put you on the path to becoming an infectious disease doctor? Just doing my residency and sort of, you know, seeing the kind of patients that were in the hospital people that we could help. Uh, I I was just drawn to those that had infectious diseases and it, it allowed me to see a wide range of patients. I didn't have to, you know, if you're a cardiologist, you're just dealing with the heart. If you're a kidney doctor, you're just dealing with the kidney, but I deal head to toe because you can have an infection in any part of your body from head to toe. So it just made things a lot more interesting for me. 
And then I felt like I could actually cure somebody. So if someone has a bacterial infection or, you know, a parasite or something, then I can give them medication and actually cure that person. And that just felt really good. And when you were a nurse kind of transitioning to becoming the doctor, was there ever a case where you said to yourself, uh, no, I'm out. I'm not doing this. <laughs> um, I, I was frequently giving the, given the difficult patients and, and I would just have to go in and say, you know, look, I'm, I'm a great nurse, but this is how we're going to do it. And, and that's it, you know, my way. And, I'll take care of you and give you the best care. But you know, some people got a little difficult, but I was always able to, to work my magic, I guess. And that's where the stubbornness comes in, I guess. <laughs> right. Now, dealing with infectious disease, uh, I'm sure you've dealt with stuff that we can't even fathom. Is this pandemic the craziest you've ever dealt with? This is just nuts. I mean, I guess we, we saw like our first bunch of patients in early March. And I mean, the hospitals, we plan for influenza pandemics and stuff like that. And But that's mostly like increasing hospital capacity and everyone's vaccinated. All the doctors and nurses are all vaccinated for influenza. So this coronavirus just kind of came out of nowhere and no one has any immunity and no one really knows what to do with it. And so there was a, just a lot of complications and in the beginning, trying to figure out, well, what do we do with these patients and where do we put them and how do we protect ourselves and all the different policies in the hospital and changes and visitors. And it was just, it's nuts. I mean, every day I was on conference calls two, three times a day, just trying to understand different policies that we were putting into place. It's all new. Very scary, um, but fascinating at the same time. And when everything started, when you were dealing with this, did you realize right away that you were going to play such a huge part in it? No. Uh, I mean, no. <laughs> it, not until they start asking questions. You start getting calls from other doctors or, you know, in the emergency room or, or what do we do with this patient? How do we test this patient? What's the treatment? And and then I was like, oh, well, I guess I need to have the answers to this. And we didn't really. I mean, in the beginning, we had a couple of studies from China, but can you trust those or not? Um, and then we started getting in some more information from Italy and South Korea that sort of helped with what to do with some of these patients, but it, it was all new. It's just brand new information. Like I'm going through, you know, medical training all over again. I, I honestly can't imagine just being thrown into that situation. Let's talk about what takes you beyond, beyond, beyond superhero <laughs> status. Cause not only are you dealing with all of this, but a month ago you were diagnosed with breast cancer. That's right. And through everything, you are still working and still there for your patients. I am. I'm trying to work through. I just had my second chemotherapy session last Thursday and went back to work today in, in my clinic seeing my patients. How have you been managing? I've been doing pretty well. Um, not very many side effects, so I'm thankful for that. And I've been trying to keep my energy up and keep my appetite up and... I'm um, actually thankful to be able to go into 
clinic um, and see my colleagues and nurses and patients and have a little more interaction rather than just being at home and being sick. That's so good to hear. Now, this is this is probably going to be a really stupid question, so forgive me in advance. But as an infectious disease doctor, I'm sure you've had to give some pretty difficult diagnosis to patients. As a doctor, does it make it any easier to receive a diagnosis like you did? No, it was just as scary as if I knew absolutely nothing about the medicine. And I, you know, I asked my doctors just to treat me as if I was not a physician and explain it on a basic level because it, it is extremely scary. And so I, I have had to give this diagnosis to other patients before. And now just hearing it for myself, it, it makes me understand how just scary and overpowering it could be. And do you think that will change kind of the way you deal with patients in the future? I think so. Yes. I mean, I I always felt like I had a lot of compassion and bedside manner from being a nurse, but I think I have an even deeper understanding of that now. Yeah. And and again, going back to when I was in the hospital, I mean, your bedside manner was incredible with just (laughs) keeping me up on, on what I needed to know, because I told you then, you know, and as a patient, sometimes you feel like you're not getting everything you need and all the information you need. And, and you were right, right. there to, to give me everything. So it was great. But I think we forget as doctors that we're talking to people who are not medical, don't have any background in it. And I think if you explain things basically as much as you can, then that helps patients to understand you know, what they're dealing with. Yeah, it definitely did. And and I know it doesn't help much, but definitely keeping you in my thoughts and prayers during this time for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I've been saying the entire time uh, to people that are in quarantine that if they're not taking this time to better themselves in, in some way, if they don't come out of this better, then I honestly think they haven't spent this time wisely that we really don't get time like this. Unfortunately, unfortunately, just like the other healthcare workers that I've been speaking to, you haven't had a chance to slow down like people in quarantine <laughs> have. Is there one thing that you've learned through this pandemic that you're going to take out of it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think interaction with other people, how much you actually need it because just you know, I couldn't imagine just staying at home for three months and never seeing anybody else. I actually felt lucky to go out and go to work and talk to my colleagues and see people and see patients. And it's just amazing how much as human beings, we need interaction with each other. And even now we're still not allowed to, you know, be in groups and go to sports bars and clubs and things like that. But I think we, we need that. So hopefully, hopefully we can see, everything open back up again and and still be safe from from this virus. Yeah, it was crazy. I went to my mom's last night for Mother's Day and having to tell her multiple times, stay away, keep your distance as as she's trying to get closer. I'm like, listen, I'm doing this for you. it's It's not me I'm worried about. I'm doing this for you. So I completely agree. And hopefully at some point we get back to normal and being able to be close with people again. Uh, you know, dealing with what you deal with, do you have steps that you take to decompress from everything when you're done with a day at the office or even at the hospital? You usually go for a walk or a bike ride or something like that or 
you know, make a meal with my husband and, and try to just relax a little bit. You know, I have my guilty shows that I watch that are kind of stupid, but <laughs> help, help my mind to think about something else other than, you know, medicine. <laughs> to just veg out, to not worry yeah. about anything. So, yeah. Megan, at the beginning, I asked the three best words to describe you. What three words best describe your time during this pandemic? The pandemic itself, I think, is is scary. It's isolating and it's devastating to, you know, the economy and to people's health and um, interpersonal relationships. Um, for me, I've just been busy and stressed and I, I would love to get back to normal life. But because I'm still on chemotherapy, I, I have to still kind of keep my distance from going out. Well, again, thank you not only for sharing your incredible story with us, but more importantly, thank you so much for doing what you're doing and being beyond a superhero, Megan. <laughs> thank you. Now, unfortunately, I can't surprise you with a video call from Brad Pitt or a huge check like Ellen would. <laughs> uh, but when, when all this is done, I want to take you and your husband to Bush Gardens so you can enjoy a day off not worrying about anything. Oh, we would love that. Megan, thank you so much for your time and thank you for doing what you're doing. You're welcome. Thank you. Follow and subscribe to the Seesaw Sessions wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.